0: Hey, church, I want to get you ready. This is an exciting moment that we're going to have. Pastor Trent Membri, not Membre, not Mowbray, but Membri. Okay, everyone say Membri? We've got it. It's taken us all weekend, but we've got it, Pastor. Uh, he, he is from Whangarei. Whang, is that how you say it, Teresa? Whangarei. So, there's so many crazy Kiwi names. How many Kiwis have we got in the house here today? Born in New Zealand? Give me a wave, give me a wave. God bless you. You just won the flipping netball. How annoying is that? It was a lightning coach, so we'll take that. No, we don't. no that, yeah, whatever. Pastor Trent is uh, going to share his story today, but he is a, an incredible man of God. For 13 years, he's been following Jesus. Uh, he's, been, uh, he's gone from a, a crazy life to a different sort of crazy life. Now it's just a crazy life for God. He's a pastor of one of the locations of C3 Auckland under Pastor Dean and Fiona Rush. Uh, it's in Fongaray, a couple of hours north of Auckland, where he and his wife Jade relocated uh, about 18 months ago to start this church. They've already seen over 100 first-time people come for Christ in the first year. Um, he moves in the power of God. In a radical way, and I'm, I'm delighted. He's been amazing at C3 pa- at our powerhouse conference. And I'm just delighted today that we have the privilege of having a man of God in our midst to bring his story and the word of God. So put your hands together, make him really welcome. Pastor trips. Come on, Thanks for
1: getting my name right. You're awesome. Thanks for getting my name right. I just said that to him. My pastor on my wedding day when my wife and I got married, as I was waiting for my wife to turn up, uh, he was, it was him and I standing on the altar, and he kept saying to me, how do I pronounce your name? I'm Membri, I said, just remember the cheese, Brie, Membri. And he's just over and over, and then you know, right at the end of the ceremony, he goes, let me introduce to you Mr. and Mrs. Membree. Still just processing. And, and Pastor Phil called me Mowbray. Anyway, His mercies are new every day. Amen. So good to be here. Uh, let's just open up in prayer. Father, I pray that every person here, if they do not know you, today they will know you. I declare, God, that you would speak to every single person in the most unique and personal way. I just thank you for what you've done in my life. Another day in freedom, another day clean and sober, no longer bound to the things of this world. The only thing that I'm now bound by is the love cord between me and my Father in heaven. And you are amazing, Lord. And we just give you all the praise and we just give you all the glory. Thank you for what's happened this weekend, for the healings, the prophetic words, the unlocking. And we thank you for the army that is rising in this church to go out into the harvest field. Father, we just give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. You guys can be seated. Thank you, band. I'll have Spirit fingers stay with me. Is that okay? Yeah. Done amazing yeah. this weekend. Amazing. Yeah. I think you need to start looking at that other gift as well of preaching the Word of God. Yeah. Start honing that as your husband as well. I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah. Pastors of a great church one day. will yeah. leave that there. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Can I just say quickly, if, um, if I've prayed for you over this weekend, uh, or I've given you a prophetic word, and it, and it was good, or, you know, read your mail. I was the postman this weekend and read your mail. Um, Can you please like private message me on Facebook? I love to have a praise report. I love to, when I go to meetings and pray and minister, I love to look at things that have happened in the past and it builds my faith. But I also just love to get it out there to show how good God is. And so if you've received a prophetic word or a healing or a breakthrough, uh, please private message me, that'd be really good. And put it in my praise report, that'd be really good. Thank you, Pastor John and Danielle, amazing. I uh, really do love your church. It's so easy to minister. I, don't, I mean, prophetically this weekend, from what I've heard, there's been a lot of bang on uh, prophetic words, but that's because of the prophetic, prophetic atmosphere that is here, um, you know? So it's just very easy to minister in this church and thank you so much. I uh, just wanna also uh, give a shout out to my uncle, Brian, and auntie Marlene. He's gonna video me now, look at that. You're So I'm gonna like say hi to my cousin, Emma, who's their daughter. And uh, you guys are amazing. So good to, for you guys to be here. Um, if you don't know now, you know I'm half Australian. My father is Australian. And so the first half of my life, I was an Australian. And now this new half has been a Kiwi because we are way better than the Australians. No, I'm not going to say that. I just feel the Lord just give me two words for you guys. All blacks. no, no, no. <laughs> Oh, no, sorry, that wasn't the two words. The other two words were silver ferns. Oh! Anyway, uh, Uncle Brian, Annie Marlene, you guys are amazing. We do have one thing in common, Uncle Brian. We've got amazing women. And Annie um, Marlin, you, you're a special person. You have such an amazing heart for people. And uh, you're such a giver. Don't you stop giving yourself. I know, you know, your, our greatest gift for you and I, actually, is our heart. Uh, but it can also be our biggest weakness. And people have used our hearts. And, uh, but, you know, you just need to let those people go. Uh, you know, that'll hurt your heart. And you're going to be, you got, you got some great years ahead of you. Um, you just opened up your heart today, you two. You may hear some stuff that you may not know about me, but that's okay. Uh, no, nah, they do. They sort of do. Um, but it's good. Yeah, they all think I was just a pastor. And... <laughs> Amen. Pastor John was so bang on about praying for the church, you know, praying for our friends and family as the church. When Peter was in jail and when he got out and the chains broke off him, he went and found a connect group mirror and he found the church earnestly Praying for him, and as you heard in the last meeting, you may have heard over this weekend, I am a product of prayer because the church was praying for me. And every time Pastor John and Danielle, every time there's a pre-meeting, all engage with prayer. There is something powerful when we pray, and I get really frustrated with people that say, "Oh, you don't need to be a part of the church to 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 um, you know follow God and all that." That's just a load of rubbish. You know, if we look at who we are, we're the bride of Christ. We are the bride. God is the head of the bride, right? So on a wedding day, you don't walk up to a bride on the wedding day. These people that don't like the church, they don't like the bride, you know, like the body. You don't walk up to a bride on her wedding day and say, oh my gosh, your head is amazing. It's incredible, but your body's got some issues. You don't say that, do you? you, you no, don't do that. Do not do that. But God is the head and we are his body. You can't have one without the other. And the church is this beautiful thing that prays. You will understand, the church is the change that the world is looking for. But the change that the church is looking for is you is you, not the front row, not the leaders, the change that the church is looking for is you to rise together, to pray together, to believe together, to witness together, to stand in faith together in unity together and see the Sunshine Coast won for Jesus. That we would see the gang members and the drug addicts and the, and the heathens and the poor people and the rich people come to this place and encounter this beautiful thing that we've all encountered. You know, like there's there's a statistic going around that in your first two years of knowing Jesus will be the most on fire you'll ever be for Him. Your first two years, that sort of pink, fluffy cloud season where everything smells differently and everything looks differently. I'm telling you, I can't find that anywhere in the Bible that it says in your first two years, we have a fight to fight, a race to win. I'm here to tell you, I've been following the Lord for 13 years and I'm just getting started. I'm on fire than I've ever been for the Lord. I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna keep reaping. Wreaking havoc for the kingdom of God wherever I go. And that's all of us. And for some of the old people here, it's not time to retire, it's time to refire. I mean, I'm preaching today. I'm only just getting started. I'm going to share my story. I better get into it. Not knowers of God, followers of God. The Lord, church, the Father just doesn't want weekend visits, He wants full. Time, yes. custody. Wow. You give the Father everything this weekend. Leave this weekend changed, giving Lord everything, every minute of the day, every second of the day. Wow, knowing the God's here. John eight twelve, I'm the light of this world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. The church today doesn't have many followers of God. They have a lot of people that know God, but the scripture says, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Church, to follow and to know God is two different, completely different things. I don't know if you look at the disciples, I mean, that's our example. I mean, it's radical. I mean, Paul, he was just an absolute nutcat, nutbag. He's a nutcase. I mean, he went into one town, preached the gospel. The Pharisees kicked him out. They stoned him. They tried to kill him. His disciples got around and probably said, man, good job. You had a crack. And he said, I'm not stopping now. The Bible says they prayed for him and he walked back into the city and preached the gospel. I mean, your challenge your greatest challenge is not your discipline, it's not your focus. Your greatest challenge is believing the gospel and all of it. That you would encounter the gospel in the most incredible way and let it touch your heart and let it wreck your world and turn it upside down. And when you really get that, when you really understand that you didn't get saved so you could go to heaven, you got saved so you could bring heaven to earth. Wherever you go, you didn't get saved so you could just live a good life, live a great life. Too many people here live a great life. We're not called to live a great life. We're called to live a greater life. Jesus said, you will do greater things in me. Not, not a great life, a greater life. I mean, that's mind-blowing. In three years, He turned the world upside down. And I look at that. How are we gonna do greater things than you? Well, m- hopefully, most of us are gonna live longer than three years. And we've got all of us to do it together. Imagine if we all just got on the same, same cord, gave together, prayed together, went and did outreach together, turned up together at leaders meetings and prayer meetings. I mean, oh my goodness, the Lord would look down and say, you're a crazy bunch of animals. But it's time, Pastor John's talking about revival. Revival's out there. They're out there. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for you. The change that the church is looking for is you. The power of heaven, you've received it to witness. I mean, I just shared my story in the last meeting around how I came out of drug addiction, meth addict, became a drug addict at the age of 14, early age of 14, failed school miserably, kicked out of school, picked up harder drugs at the age of 16, 17, became a meth addict at the age of 20. Developed a two hundred and fifty to five hundred dollar drug habit a day. Came a meth addict for the like next seven years of my life. Got affiliated with one of New Zealand's most notorious motorcycle clubs. Started manufacturing methamphetamine on a larger scale. On a large scale, earning up to hundred thousand dollars a week. I remember. I, I remember one time, I was in a hotel, had all the women and all everything. Everyone just left. Had two Harley V Rods outside. Had a matching, holding you, matching, holding Ford, sedan, whatever they are, at $160,000 sitting on the table, and about $250,000 worth of drugs sitting in front of me. I mean, in my world, that's cracked it. You've got everything you possibly need. And once all the women left and all the people left, about half an hour later, I remember just crying, sitting there in this room, going, is is this what it's all about? And Eddie And you'll try and find everything in this world to fulfill this this void that we all have. The only thing that can fill that void is the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I tried everything to try and run from my past. I mean, I didn't use drugs because I liked the taste of it. I was just running from reality. Running from the fact that my parents divorced at the eight years old that my mother wasn't around, my father wasn't around, all my family were drug addicts. Just trying to fill this void, this emptiness. But I became a drug addict for seven years, meth addict. Did some horrible stuff to people, especially my last year of using, I became an absolute monster as I shared in this last meeting. Got all my family addicted to methamphetamine as I said. I watched my oldest sister in one year lose her marriage, lose her business, and lose her home. I didn't share in the last meeting, but my oldest sisters she's really good now. She's got all the children back. She's got her house back. She's now project managing over $20 million building fit outs, six figures. Greatest relationship with my sister. Amazing, eh? Watch my brother. He's like my uncle. He's got more Aussie in him than Kiwi. (laughs) Watch my brother. Same road, grips of addiction, gang life. I prayed to church, earnestly praying for chains to break. Prayed for my brother for over three years. I got the vision. I spoke on the altar. My brother's going to lift his hand. I'm going to baptize him. Three years it took. Led my brother to the Lord. Baptized him. Married him and his new wife. Just amazing. God is good. But in that seven years, as I said, in that last year, my using, man, I became an absolute monster. And my world came. Just crashing down. I saw the world for what it was. I saw the gang world for what it was. And as I said in the last minute, there's some horrible stuff to people. One example is a guy that was saying some really bad stuff about me. Horrible stuff about me. And, you know, I was paying people to find him and was hunting him down for about three months. And my older sister was actually the one that saw his car. It was a little Sabari Legacy with a big orange sticker on the back. And she rang me, and said, I, th- I, think, I think I've seen that car. I said, do whatever it takes, get, come get me, come and get me. And we drove down to this Frank Allen Tires, tire shop in the bottom of Auckland city. And he was there, he was a drug addict dealer and he had all his cars and all his belongings at this place. And I turned up and I jumped out of the car and said, yo! And he turned around and we went absolute white because he knew that I was hunting him. I told him to come here, It's broad daylight, three o'clock, like main city of like Kiwana waters. People are running around, people walking past, and all of a sudden I pull out because, you know, people in that world like guns. I like knives. Still do. Don't hold that against me. But I uh, had this beautiful, man, it was beautiful this like bone handled six inch blade. I remember pulling it out. Man, I miss that knife. No, I don't. Yeah, I do. And I remember standing there holding it to his throat in broad daylight, people running away, screaming. If it wasn't for my older sister standing and uh, sitting in the car, screaming, saying, Trent, don't do it, don't do it. I would have shanked that dude right there and there, right there and there. I didn't care. I didn't care at all. Took all his belongings off him, took all his cars off him. And then my world just came crashing down. As, as I shared in the last meeting, as a lot of you know, I got kidnapped. by gang members in a hotel room. Right. My wife and I, Jade, and we met Jade and we had a baby. You'd think my story's crazy, you wait to hear Jade, she was doing a $200,000 drug deal when I met her. Wow. She was doing better business than me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And we had a baby and I, just in our last year, all our money that we had was gone because people were ripping, her off, ripping us off and I was, ripping people off and just everything we had was just gone. And you know, I was, I was spending it quicker than I was making it. And, and in that last year, when we had this baby and we're in the grips of poverty and I went out one day to the 7-Eleven store, we called it a dairy. Uh, we went to the 7-Eleven store and uh, went to buy some milk and I ended up going on a five-day bender with a guy. Uh, Jade in that time of, uh, as I was away, uh, that when I went to the 7-Eleven store and I didn't come home, Jade was left with our newborn. And because this was an ongoing cycle of me being away four or five days you know, out, and when I was home, I'd just come home and sleep and then back out again. That's, that's the life of a meth addict. And then when I went and I didn't come home, she was sitting in the room with our baby and she looked down at our baby and see my wife, she grew up in church, young age, She actually went to a youth group called Primal Youth, part of C3 Church. But she was sitting there looking at our baby and she hadn't prayed for a very long time. And she looked at this baby and said, I don't wanna raise my baby in this environment. I wanna raise my baby in the environment that I had. And she hasn't prayed for a very long time. She closed her eyes and prayed. And she prayed to God. My wife has only heard the audible voice of God, the audible voice of God one time, this time. The audible voice of God said to her, Jade, you will marry a man from see-through church. At that time, it was called Christian City Church. He said, you will marry a man from Christian City Church. So she just looked at me, thought of me, and said, it's over for you, sunshine. (laughs) Because you're nowhere near God. I was the biggest atheist and heathen, whatever you could possibly think of. I was every name under the sun. And so when I went on this kidnap, when I went on that five-day journey, and as you know, got caught up in a setup and I walked into a hotel room and got kidnapped for five days. Wow. I kidnapped for two days, sorry. And I called out to a God in that kidnapping that I did not know. And I said in this kidnapping, I said, God, if you're real, please help me. And I said, if you, if you help me, I promise you, Lord, I'll help you. You need to be very careful what you say to the Lord. So I was saying to those people the other day when I said, you're gonna come on the altar if you wanna be a worker. You'll be very careful in those moments because the Lord is watching you. You will stand in front of heaven one day and the Lord will say to you, how did you go with that altar call when you stood there saying to be a worker? Don't just run up here because it's a cool thing and people to be seen. You're making a statement for heaven in that moment. And so I made a promise without even knowing. And then I did an alpha course as I shared in the last meeting. And on that last night of the alpha course, the Holy Spirit came upon me in a way that I've never ever felt before from my back of my toes all the way to the top of my head. And he said these words, Holy, he said to me, Trent, do you remember what you said to me? He said, son, do you remember what you said to me? You promised me if I helped you, I would, if, if you promised me if I helped you, you would help me. I freaked out. You know, that two weeks later, I walked into a church called C3 Church. Pastor Dean Rush preaching a message, gave my heart to the Lord. I think I did it for like six or seven weeks in a row. I so I didn't even know what was going on. I was just like, Lord, I need you. You're the dude that saved me. I was so thankful for what he had done in my life. He set me free. You know, that moment that I called out to God, I was a drug addict for 14 years, a meth addict for seven years. And that time when I called out to God in that kidnapping, I've been drug and alcohol free ever since. Don't you stop calling out for God. Don't you stop believing for your miracle. Don't you stop believing for your friends and family. He hears your prayers. He hears your cry. But as I said, God didn't take me out of the grips of darkness. You didn't have an encounter with God just to take you out of the grips of darkness so you could go just live a good life and be a normal member of society. I mean, guys, we should stand out. I stand out wherever I go, because I pray for people and all this stuff. We should be weird. To the world, we should be weird, because we are. Because we're trying to tell people about this God who they cannot see. But that's the great thing about your testimony. When you share your testimony, people see the effects of God. I like to see like God is like the wind. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. You can see the wind bowing the trees, kicking up the dust, kicking up the leaves. It's like magnetic force. You can't see magnetic force, but you can see when it comes together, something takes place. That's what happens with God. And you're here today and you may not see God, but hopefully you're seeing the effects of God, not just in my story, but all of these crazy people. I mean, who the heck are we all? God just brought us all together in a warehouse to sing songs. No, this is God's beautiful plan. Come on. And if you're here today, you've never, never given your heart to the Lord, and this is new. This is not a coincidence. There's no such thing as coincidence. Everything is God's. He's thought about this moment for thousands of years. I always share this story. 13 years ago when I was kidnapped by gang members and I called out to a God in that moment that I did not know and I said those words, what went through his mind was that in 13 years, I can't wait for Trent. While I'm in my groups of drug addiction, calling out to God and a kidnapping. With God's mind was, I can't wait for Trent in 13 years time to go to Sunshine Coast, share his story and people give their hearts to him. I mean, that's how he thinks. He's incredible. He's amazing. But as I said, it's, it's guys. Yes, I've had a radical encounter. I've done. A, God has taken me out of the grips of darkness. But that's not why. It's Just not for me to be a productive member of society or a normal member of society. No, we all have an encounter, so we can go bring light. We can see our friends and family come to the Lord, and we can be the difference. We are the difference. Yeah. We are the change of society. Society's looking for. And so I went on the journey of trying to become a great Christian, not a knower of God, a follower of God, and I did whatever it took to get rid of idols in my life and make more room for God. Got rid of TV, got rid of all, just everything. Just to seek the Lord. People say I'm extreme, but man, Jesus was pretty extreme. And so the most beautiful things have happened in my life. I just didn't get married, white picket fence with a Labrador, no. I'm going after this thing for the rest of my life. I'm seeking the power of God, I'm sharing my story, I'm trying to get as many people to heaven with me. And I've seen (laughs) many people come to the Lord. So we get saved and we start doing ministry. We started off with kids' church and youth. That was an interesting day for Pastor Dean and Fiona standing in front of the church and going, Hey, church, we're going to pray for our new kids' church pastors. It's the drug addict, drug dealer guy that got kidnapped. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. Everyone's like, Yeah. Huh? Huh? <laughs> All the wives are like, Babe, should we still be here? Like, It's even more interesting two years later when they announced the new campus pastors of C3 Monaco's, the drug addict, drug dealing, kidnap guy. (laughs) Has he done Bible college? Has he done any of that stuff? I've done none of that stuff. God doesn't call a qualified, he qualifies the call. You've got Jesus in your heart. You've got Jesus in your heart, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've laid down the things that you need to lay. you are qualified. Get in the dream team. Get a part of what is happening here. Sign up for internship. Do whatever it takes, man. We've only got a short time here. But I've seen amazing miracles. We became the campus pastor. And all of a sudden my friends and family started getting saved. I mean, I've got story after story after story. I mean, I led both Jade's grandparents to the Lord and I did both their funerals. I've seen one time on the altar, like five aunties, four cousins. I mean, we're up to like over 80 friends and family come to the Lord. So But I remember one time, if I can just quickly share of one story that's pretty out there. I mean, I was now the pastor at C3 Monaco, South Auckland. Jade and I were at home one day and Jade got a phone call from her best friend Mia. Mia was out in the world on methamphetamine, hooked on drugs. And I could hear Jade on the phone talking to Mia. She's like, yeah, Mia, hey, we're here for you. Yeah, yeah, we love you heaps. Yeah, come to church this weekend. So I could hear the conversation. I was like, oh, awesome. Mia's coming to church. And Jade runs in up and she goes, babe, guess what? I was like, well, she goes, Mia, she's reached out for help. I was like, oh, praise God. We've been praying for Mia. And she goes, she's gonna come to church this Sunday. I was like, awesome. And she goes, yeah, she's gonna bring her boyfriend. I was like, Cool. She goes, she's gonna bring her boyfriend Dan. I was like, cool, Dan. She goes, no, Trent Dan. Well, like, Dan the man? I don't know if you remember the story about the guy that I hunted down for three months, public enemy number one, the guy I held a knife to his throat. His name's Dan. this was my response. Oh, there's some other really good churches in Auckland. Life Church. I think they'd be good at the Baptist. You know, this Holy Spirit thing might be a bit too much. Catholic. Give me a wave if you're married. Yeah. Husbands, who knows that what, your wives are really wise. You should all be lifting your hands. This is what my wife said to me. Is that what Jesus would do? I remember that weekend when Dan and Mia turned up because I was preaching. Pastor John, I don't know if you've ever preached a message in a church meeting knowing that someone in the audience is someone that you nearly killed. I mean, he probably wants to kill some of you, but uh, no, no, no. It's really interesting when you give an invitation at the end of the meeting and the only person that lifts their hand is the person that you nearly killed. (laughs) And I remember that moment really clearly. I said, Dan, come, come. And I remember him coming up to the meeting and I got on my knees. I said, Dan, please forgive me for what I did for you. I was a very bad person. I'm a good person now. That Australian has been knocked out of me. I'm now full <laughs> I'll just do this for my uncle. He's rolling in. I said, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. He said, again yeah, I led him to the Lord right there. And then I turn around. I was like, church, this is Dan. He was like, yeah. I said, I nearly killed him. <laughs> Well, the visitors are like, I said, no, that's all right. I used to be a drug and a gang member. I got kidnapped. The visitors (laughs) like. I had the privilege of a year and a half later, marrying Dan and Mia. I'm now the godfather of their children. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Would you be okay For public enemy number one, the person you despise the most, the person that has maybe hurt you in the most horrible way, or the person that you've hurt in the most, would you be okay if they come into church next week? If not, you need to do some business with God at the end of this meeting. I've seen over 80 people come to the Lord. One of my proudest moments, Uncle Brian. A few years back, I flew over to see dad. Took my wife and kids with me. And I was going there to lead my dad to the Lord, to tell him about my story, because he didn't know about it. only really, really connected with my life with my dad at the end of my last few years. He died two years ago. Two years ago? So I only recon- reconciled my relationship with my dad in these last sort of five or six years. And And so I flew over with my kids and my wife and I was, I mean, I can lead anyone to the Lord. I can talk to anyone about my story. I got to the airport and I didn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't sleep for like three months. So I saved money and then a church, a couple in, my family, in our church blessed us to go back and I went back by myself. Man, I was there for three days with him. I still couldn't do it. So we're driving home from Barham, three hours northwest of Melbourne. We're driving home and I'm like flipping sweaty. I said, dad, I've got to talk to you about something. He goes, what is it, son? I mean, my dad was so sick, he had emphysemia. I and mean, he couldn't even walk to the flipping letterbox. But he was determined, eh? he was determined to drive me three and a half hours there, three and a half hours back. I didn't even know if he was gonna make it on the way home. <laughs> he wouldn't let my nephews, uh, my cousins drive me. I'm driving your son. And I said to him, Dad, what do you know about the Lord? What do you know about Jesus? He goes, I know absolutely nothing about him, son. I said, does anyone preach the gospel to you? And he said, never. And he goes, I do know one thing about him, son. He's been really good to you. I said, if he can be good to me, Dad, as I shared my story with you over the last three days, he can be good to you. And I led my dad to the Lord that day. We prayed the sinner's prayer and I made sure, I made sure that it counted that day. Because as we just read in this, heard in this last meeting, Ian McCormick, who's here next month, got stung by five box jellyfish and died for over 20 minutes and God took him to heaven and hell. It's real people, it's real. We need to wake up There's people dying every single day. I mean, in Africa, just alone, 26,000 people will die today of starvation. People are killing themselves all day, every day. People that you're walking past. All it takes is, hey, do you know that Jesus loves you? I mean, I don't know how many people I've led to the Lord on the streets. I love what I do, ministry and sharing my story and doing what I'm doing. But church, we can't wait for the people to come here. We need to go out there and get them. church. It's been a phenomenal weekend, but it's time. Your pastors are making room for revival. They're making room to see God move in this place. And we need to rise with them. We need to rise with them. You need to rise with them. No more knowing about God, but radical followers who doesn't give us stuff about wherever they go and shares this love. So desperate. Get some desperation in you because we can worship all we like. We can do all this stuff all we like, but once we get to heaven, we can't do any more evangelizing and discipling. We can't do it because who's there is there. So maybe, maybe we need to start focusing more on those things. The main focus, Jesus came, Luke 19, 10, to seek and save the lost. We have Him with us. We can seek them and see them come to know Him. But you're here today. Because God loves you and He's for you. And if you're here today and you've given your heart to the Lord and you're not making it count, you've got to make it count. You're gonna stand before our Lord and Savior one day and He's gonna say two things to you. What did you do with my son? And what did you do with the gifts I gave you? That's all He's gonna say to you. And if you've not made your encounter count at the end of this meeting, I wanna give you that opportunity to say, God, I wanna stand here and say, I'm all out for you. I don't wanna play church games. I don't wanna be following the things of this world. I mean, 90% of people, I believe every single day, when they wake up, the first thing they don't go to is God. The first thing they go to is the biggest idol in this world today is this thing. That's going to the world, people. Just start by waking up tomorrow morning. Just go be with the Lord for five or 10 minutes. Don't start with an hour or two hours or anything. Don't go be like Pastor Phil that goes for an hour on the beach and just, he's just a maniac. Start off small. Get your first love back. We can do all this stuff, but we've lost our first love. If you're here today and you've not made your encounter count, you're not burning for him. He's not number one. You need to stand here. And you may be here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never made Him your Lord and Savior. You've never said this prayer. This is not about you becoming a religious person. This is about a relationship with you and God. This church doesn't believe in religion. The only thing that Jesus said to be religious about is looking after the widows and the orphans. We're not here for religion. We're here for relationship. This church is helping you have a relationship with God so you can go out there and be the difference. But if you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you may say to me, oh, Trin, I'm a good person though. I'm a good person, I do good things. Trust me, I've looked through that book and nowhere in the Bible does it say because I'm a good person, I'm gonna see the kingdom of God. Being a good person is not enough. Oh, people say, oh, I go to church all the time. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, because you go to church, you will see the kingdom of God. Right. Oh, I'm a, I'm a leader. I've done all this. Nowhere. Right. John 3.3 says this. It's a pretty bold statement because it starts with Jesus saying, I tell you the truth. Right. I mean, everything's the truth that he says. He just really wants to hammer this sucker home. Yeah. I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How do you be born again, Trent? You accept God into your heart. You say a prayer. Lord, come into my life. You don't have to change all these things to know Him. He accepts you as you are. It's not change, then accept, it's accept, then change. If you're here today and you've never given your heart, this is how you be born again. You say this prayer and then you go on this beautiful journey of knowing who He is and understanding who He is and realizing some of the stuff in your world is, is more about the world and is more about having to have this stuff to fit in. You don't need half the stuff that you've got. This is about relationship. And the great thing is you don't have to do it on your own because God gave us this, the beautiful church, the beautiful saints that's not perfect. But without the church and without leadership, I would not be here today. If it wasn't because of Fiona and Dean, Pastor Dean and Fiona in the church, we would not be here today. Kicking us off the bum, telling us off all the time. Don't do that, don't do this. I mean, most of Pastor Dean's gray hairs are because of me. That's such grace for me. Yeah. Pastor John and Danny are world-class yeah. pastors. Yeah. They love building the church, yeah. but I can guarantee you they love people more than they love in all of this stuff. They love you. Yeah. So if you're here today and you've never given your heart, please do not leave here today without saying this prayer. And I wanna give you that opportunity right now. If you're here today and you've never given this, this, you've never said this prayer, you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, it's simple. Say, God, I don't know you, but I wanna know you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, what you did on that cross, I believe. Maybe I don't know how it all happened, but I'm willing to go on the journey of figuring it out. But I believe that you were raised from the dead. I mean, church, do you think me raising people from the dead and healing people of cancer and seeing all these miracles is me? I mean, it's the power of God that's here. Oh, yeah. And we believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you're here today, that's simple. Just say a prayer. Get, let, let people get around you. Have a go. We have a go at so many other things in this world. It leads us to nothing. This thing will lead you, this thing will lead you to peace. Purpose, destiny. If you're here today, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Isn't it amazing to think that 13 years ago, God, in that kidnapping, thought about this moment. that He used me. He didn't make me go through what I went through, but He allowed me to go through what I went through to receive Him and now go all around Australia and New Zealand sharing the love of the Father. So amazing. He's thought about this moment for thousands. If you're here today and you've been invited for, by a friend or family member, it's not a coincidence that you're here. This is why you're here. This is what it's all about. It's about you. We love you. We're here for you. If you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, all of those things that I said before, being a good person, turning up to church, doing all these things, is not gonna get you. How do you know that you know if you leave here, if something was to happen to you, a truck drove into you or something, how do you know you're going to heaven? Why don't you make that assurance here today. Leave here knowing that you know that you know. So right across this place, I'm gonna ask you in a minute, if you wanna give your heart to Jesus, and I'm just gonna ask you to lift up your hand and we're gonna see your hand and we're gonna say a prayer. And that's the start of you being born again. Simple. It's not about taking all your money. It's not about doing all these things. No, it's about your relationship with God. You and Him together, one in your heart, walking for Him, believing And if you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, friend, what a beautiful day it is. This 13 years ago, this gang affiliated drug addict that is now a skinny white pastor that wears too much hair product. What a day for you to remember when you gave your heart to Jesus. Right across this place, in just a moment, lift your hand if you've never given your heart. Or secondly, you've not made your encounter count. You've done this before. You've said this prayer, maybe in church or somewhere else, but God is not number one. I'm talking to young people and old people. You have not made your encounter count. You're not burning for God. Other things in this world And number one, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, being dictated by the things of this world. If you're here today and you've not made your encounter count, I wanna give you that opportunity as well. So right across this place, if that's you, two categories. If you've never given your heart to Jesus and you wanna do that, secondly, you wanna make a fresh commitment to say, God, I'm all out for you. I wanna make you number one. Young and old, right across this place, lift your hand right now and say, Trent, that's me. I need to do this. Awesome, hand, hand, hand. Who else? And say, Trent. Three people, four people here, over here. Sir, thank you, madam, yes. Over there, thank you, Jesus. Who else is there? And say, Trent, I don't know him. This may be all a bit much for me, but I just wanna know. I wanna give this a shot. I wanna say, God, I wanna know you. Who else is there? Is there people here? Just lift up your hand. See your hand again. Who else? And say, Trent, that's me. Come on, people. I wanna fight for you a little bit longer. Thank you, Jesus. Who else is there? Say, Trent, that's me here today. You don't have to go through what I went through to meet him. He's right here, right now. He wants to meet with you. Just lift up your hand and say, Trent, that's me. There's a fight going on for people right now in their heart, in their stomach right now, a wrestle. Come on, just break through this moment. I'm here fighting for you. Just lift up your hand and say, Trent, that's me. Right now, who are you? Say, Trent, that's me. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Give me a wave. Oh, thank you, sir. Who else? Say, yes, that's me. See your little hand. Yep, awesome. See your hand. Who else? Say, Trent, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Who are you? Trent, that's me here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Awesome. You guys can open up your eyes. Amazing. I don't know, 10 or so people giving their hearts to the Lord. Amazing. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Go stand to our feet. Hallelujah. If you didn't want to put up your hand, but you want to say that prayer, you want to make your life right with God, there's many people here on the front row that you could come and talk to at the end of this meeting. Say this prayer, but all those people that lifted their hands, we're going to say this prayer. We're going to pray for the guitar player. Jesus' name, bass player. All those people that lifted their hands were gonna say this prayer. Everyone's gonna do it with you, but for you, you gotta say this with all your heart. Say this with all your heart and mean it. So repeat these words after me. Dear Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I give you my life. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Help me walk with you all the days of my life. Thank you. That I am forgiven of all my sin. I love you, God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Just pray for people, a couple of people. Pastor John, we may pray for some people tonight. Yeah. Really go after, really feeling the prophetic, really flowing in this meeting. Uh, you're the young worship girl. Oh, I hope it's you. Yeah, yeah that'd be awkward. Um, I see you uh, sitting down. Now, it cannot be like acoustic or sitting down because the I uh, asked Pastor John, when I was standing there the other night watching you saying, you, it's like amazing, like wisdom beyond your years. You got the anointing of God. See, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing, and you have the anointing. And I just, I just, right now, um, all the pressure, uh, and all the pressure that you're carrying, uh, the pressure of, of to succeed and, and all that stuff, I just break that off of you in the name of Jesus. But I, what I'm trying to say before is, like, I need you to get with the band, and you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna write a song, and you're gonna release it on YouTube, and you're gonna, you're gonna do it, like, like, maybe in here or whatever, like, but people are gonna see. Um, this 16-year-old girl worship leading like you've been doing it for 50 years and people are gonna come to the Lord just watching the song. People are gonna get healed because of the song. And then you're gonna write an album. You're gonna be a part of writing an album. And I don't say this lightly, but it's like she's the next darling Check of Australia. She is like, honestly, I do not say this lightly, but when, I, when, when the Lord shows me, He shows you, uh, He shows me and, and you have got an amazing gift and an incredible gift, and like very, very, very special. What is your name? Summer. Summer, what's your last name? Davis. Remember the name Summer Davis. (laughs) Father, I thank you. The power of God in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Well, lift your hands right now, lift your hands. Father, I pray the amazing, mighty, anointed power of God. Let this church never be the same from this weekend. We're not finished tonight. We're not finished yet, Lord, we got tonight. But I pray for people here, ignite their hearts. Let the flame, the burning flame, the fire burn in them again. God, let them be bold. Let them be amazing. The change that the world is looking for is you, the church. But the change the church is looking for is you, the power to witness, the power to be bold. And we give you all the praise. Come on, let's praise Him. Wow. Summer. Let's give it up for summer. Who's going to be uh, watching that song on YouTube? Come on. And what a story from Pastor Trent about the goodness of God. Let's just thank him for sharing today. Such a
0: powerful story.